Welcome to Advantage Over, the podcast for the rugby referee community, or simply those in rugby who want to know more about refereeing. Are you ready? Time on. So welcome to Advantage Over, um, our new podcast for the rugby referee community. You're very welcome to join us. Um, We hope this is the first of many podcasts looking into your needs as rugby referees uh, and how you develop, bringing you the, the top news from around the refereeing community each week. Um, but then also helping those of you who aren't referees but are interested in our world um, to help you develop um, some extra news, some extra insight into how we go about our business. So today we're going to have a good look into the um, news that came out last week about the new uh, world rugby law variations that are coming in um, throughout the the rest of the year so from the northern hemisphere from the 1st of august from the southern hemisphere into uh, january next year um, so we'll have a good look through those and we'll go through each one as we um, as we've heard from it from world rugby um, but before we do that just want to cover off a few other areas as well um, firstly, um, as I said, thank you for being here. Um, we do appreciate you you joining us and, and tuning in. Uh, we'd love to know what you want from this podcast going forward. We've got some interviews lined up. Um, the first few just going to be me cracking on um, through things. So. Uh, apologies for that Um, hopefully you won't get tired of my voice but we want to bring other voices we want to bring your voice to this podcast so if you know of anybody who you think would be a great guest to talk about any aspect of refereeing whether it's on the field off the field around the field in all our different roles and responsibilities um, as match officials please do let us know Um, drop us an email to ref at advantageoverpodcast.com and and we'll find those people we'll get them on the air we'll get them recorded and we'll bring them to your podcast um, in the next couple of months so thank you for that so um, we're going to look at the global law trials in a few minutes um, but we've also heard some other news coming out um, um, on laws you may have heard about it um, via um, Rod Hill the, the uh, high New Zealand high performance referee manager who had discussed his work with World Rugby and a group of other colleagues from around the world to simplify the law book for the future their brief has actually been to forget the law book as it currently stands but to start again, if we were to start writing the law book, how would we take what was in the new one and rewrite it? We all know as referees um, or from spectators looking into the refereeing world that the law can be really quite complex. We can debate the finer points of different laws at different points, and we have done and we will do. Um, so this group with um, people from all over the world, a relatively small, tight-knit group, um, are looking at the law book and trying to simplify it. They're not taking laws away. Um, what they're doing is trying to join things up and, and they're going through a process having looked into each law and each wording of each law over the last 18 months. So there's no there's no knee-jerk reactions going on here to things that have happened since then. This has been a, an 18-month process so far. So they've taken each law, they've rewritten it, um, and that's now back with the unions. So we haven't seen it at um, Advantage Over Podcast um, or on the rugbyreferee.net site. We haven't seen it. Um, We'd love to get a copy of it. So if you have a copy and you wish to let us know, and we won't broadcast it, we won't share it, but we'd love to get a feel for um, what that says. So um, please, uh, we're not hard to to find, so please send that across to us. Um, We'll have a look. But it's a really interesting process um, that they're going through. No doubt we'll find out all about it in the um, coming months. I think this is a long term one maybe even years as we go through it but it's an interesting news coming out there um so it's certainly one for us all to keep an eye on other news um it's super rugby semi-finals um coming up this weekend um so the appointments for those games have been announced today um in the all new zealand tie-up um on saturday between the crusaders and the chief 
New Zealand's Glenn Jackson will be taking charge of that one. Um, on the side, um, Australia's Angus Gardner and uh, fellow Kiwi Ben O'Keefe and Glenn Newman will be on the other side and in the TMO box, respectively. The other semi-final will be a South Africa versus New Zealand affair with the Lions versus the Hurricanes being played at Joburg um, on Saturday again. Um, this time being refereed by uh, Jaco Piper of New um, of South Africa. Um, he'll be assisted by um, a fellow South African team of Marius van der Westhausen on one side, Rasta Rasavenji on the other side, and Marius Janka in the TV truck. Um, we um, aren't involved in uh, appointments. We not have no role to play in that as our world. We don't try and get involved there. But what we do sometimes wonder um, is from a referee protection perspective, um, from an appointments perspective, how the, some of these fixtures and these appointments are made. Absolutely um, no doubt that um, Glenn Jackson and Jaco Piper are in the top three or four um, in the Super Rugby competition. But and we've already started to see some commentary coming out of the New Zealand press, um, particularly about the fact that we have a South African referee in a semi-final appointment between a South African side and a New Zealand side. And we will always at RugbyReferee.net and this podcast stand up for um, the integrity of match officials. But sometimes when in the um, when these appointments are made we do wonder um, whether this is part of the process and we'd love to uh, speak to you so if you're involved in the referees appointments um, at that level um, Lyndon Bray you're more than welcome to come on and, and talk us through that we'd, we'd welcome you onto um, the Advantage Over podcast so let us know um, but we do sometimes wonder how these things how the appointments are made and whether that's a factor that they um, play into um, that aside obviously two great matches coming up in Super Rugby um, so we wish both Yako and, and Glenn all well in those semi-finals. Um, coming down, because this r- podcast is not necessarily about top-level rugby, we want to celebrate referees um, of all levels and of all um, countries. Um, it's the obviously the, the, the off-season here in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, um, but... Um, down south in the in the southern hemisphere, um, we're entering the final um, finals period. So um, appointments are being made to those top level matches. And I'm pleased to see um, news coming out of Otago Referees Association this week um, that the Dunedin Premier One final will be refereed by Adam Morrison, um, which will be his 101st Premier fixture, which is quite an achievement um, in itself. Um, and this will be Adam's fourth Premier final when Southern take on Harbour at Forsyth Bar Stadium on Saturday. So really Really um, good luck to Adam um, and his team of officials um, there. Um, elsewhere in New Zealand, it's the Waikato Senior Leagues. Um, and Michael Winter has been appointed to his second Premiership final at the weekend. Um, and Josh Ball takes the whistle for the Championship final. And it's really great to see these guys um, being rewarded. They've put in the hard graft over the, the season. Um, and this is the sort of start of a, a process for both of them. So um, Michael will be heading off to uh, making his debut in New Zealand's Mitre 10 Cup. Um, and then Josh will be heading off to Taupo to officiate the Jack Hobbs Memorial Under-19s in September. Um, both really good pr- promotion opportunities and um, and profile-raising opportunities as those two gentlemen carry on their refereeing um, careers. So that's great news. Um, 
We are expecting, um, speaking of referee news, we're expecting news to come out fairly soon about the Pro 12, or should we be calling out the Pro 14 League. Um, for those in the north, you might remember Ed Morrison, um, formerly uh, former World Cup final referee, was head of refereeing in, in the RFU in England, um, uh, left that role a number of years ago and has spent um, a good few years now as, as the referee commissioner for the Pro 12 League. Um, he retired earlier this year and there's been a global um, search out for his replacement, we've heard names of referees from um, all over the world in that mixing pot, but we are hearing that appointment is due there. So we'll hope to bring you that news um, next week or keep an eye on rugbyreferee.net um, when that appointment is made. And obviously it'll be interesting to see as they're bringing in the two um, South African teams into the Pro 12 and into the Celtic Re, just exactly how that um, appointment will work, what the scope is, um, how the South African sides um, and therefore South African referees will come into the um, Pro 12 and the Celtic League. It'll be some really fascinating um, uh, thing to keep an eye on um, and it'll be a really key appointment for the Celtic Leagues as they make that appointment. So it'll be interesting to see who um, comes out of that. We are hearing that announcement is close and we'll bring it to you as soon as we can. Um, just heading back to Sanzar slightly um, there was news and you might have seen this on our Facebook page if you look at rugbyreferee.net on Facebook um, you'll find stories that will drip out through the through the week that perhaps um, don't, aren't, aren't written up in full on the website but they are, are news about refereeing um, so um, this is at the appointment of Mark Ray who's currently um, an, an analyst within the chief setup um, in New Zealand he's been appointed um, by Lyndon Bray and Andy Marions as Sanzar CEO um, and obviously the referee manager um, from Lyndon's perspective he's going to be now an analyst working specifically on Super Rugby Championship International Series and referee performances um, this investment that the the game is putting into referee development and, and things is really important. It's a really good thing to see. Um, if you're aware of other analysts that work specifically for referees, we'd love to speak to an analyst um, to see how they um, what they do, how they go, what they're, what they're looking for, what they're analysing, how that's helping referees develop um, at the elite level. So we'd love to bring you that in the future. So if you've got any contacts, let us know. But it's a great appointment for Mark um, and to step up from um, a high-level super rugby team into the um, refereeing community um, is a really good move um, for, for someone like Mark so um, well done to Mark and congratulations on that appointment so that's the news for this week um, thank you for, for, for being with us and, um, and we'll now go into a bit of a deep dive um, into the new laws and the new law variation and trials that we'll be seeing throughout the world coming up So let's take a good look at the new global law trials that World Rugby have introduced. Um, so, I mean, these things have been happening for quite some time. Um, I think a process for the uh, law reviews have been happening since probably 2015, and there have been various closed trials, what they're saying, in particularly um, in some competitions at all different levels, whether it was the um, uh, leagues in Wales that tested the points difference of a try a couple of seasons ago, um, whether it was the Pacific Nations Cup trialling um, a particular bunch of laws, or even um, in some countries... Um, in New Zealand, the Mitre 10 used a bunch of variations in a closed trial, and the Armed Forces competitions in, in England certainly used some competition as well. So these little closed trials have been happening for a while. But now, World Rugby are extending them to the whole of the game. 
for a short period of time so it's what we should probably say right from the outset that these trials that we're going to walk through now are only for an initial period of a year um, either from the 1st of August in the Northern Hemisphere or from the 1st of January 2018 for the Southern Hemisphere so this is that's what's been going on they are only for the year and they are only a trial so um, if people are out there concerned about the impact of some of these they may only last for a season or a year and then they might go away again the whole point of these is to to have a greater feel for how these law um, variations could impact the game and how they do impact the game um, on a, a global level of every level so every adult game of rugby um, in the world will be operating under these conditions so let's take a look um, at what they all are and in this section we're going to cover both the ones that have been brought in um, over the summer so all the, the games that you may have watched in the summer rugby um, the Lions tour in New Zealand have been played under um, some and then there's a bunch of others um, that are coming in from the 1st of August so let's have a wander through well actually the first one isn't a law um, a, a law itself that they're um, amending it's um, a definition up at the front of the law book there's a whole bunch of definitions um, of various aspects of the game um, the first one's about possession um, and what we're, we're doing in, in this one is to um, allow a person who is attempting to carry the ball or is in the process of bringing a ball um, under their control to be eligible. To, to that is being defined as possession. So if you're juggling for a ball, if you're trying to catch it um, in law from for the next year, you are going to be deemed as being in control. So we've had some examples at different levels where a player has gone to catch a ball, they've juggled it, the ball is in the air, and they've been tackled. Um, there's been a debate about, is that foul play because they don't have the ball, or is it because they should have had the ball? Um, so this global trial will mean that if you're juggling the ball, or you're attempting to bring it under control, you are deemed to be in possession. So that's the first one. Number two um, is about the players of the team, and um, particularly when it comes down to uncontested scrums. What we're saying um, in this law, under Law 3, 3.6, um, when we have to go to uncontested scrums as a result of a sending off um, or a simbin or an injury, they must be played with eight players per side. So that's fairly straightforward. In the past, there was a debate about if you lose a flanker or a flanker has to go off, you can have eight versus seven. Um, now we're saying that um, if we have to go uncontested, uncontested scrums as a result of a send-off or a simbin or an injury, then there has to be eight players per side. Fairly straightforward. The next one um, is about time. Um, we've seen this over the summer where if there is a penalty kick to touch after time has uh, elapsed, therefore the line-out then becomes um, you carry on and the line out carries on so that must be the same so the way to get around that and we've seen some confusion oh, there was certainly one example in the Lions um, one of the warm-up games where I think it was the Lions kicked the ball straight out and then were confused why Yako Piper then allowed the line out um, if, they wanted, if they wanted to end the half the ball should have been tapped and then kicked for touch so that's um, law trial f law 5 Law 8, again, we've seen this over the summer. Um, not very often, it has to be said, um, but this is, relates to advantage and where there are perhaps multiple penalty infringements in the same passage of play. The referee can give the choice to the captain um, of the non-offending tide, obviously, where they want to, which penalty position they want to choose from. It might be that they, there's one that's better from a kicking perspective or it might be the one that there's, there's a better position to kick for the corner. So that we're going to offer that to the captains now. Law number nine, again, a summer one. We saw it in at least one Lions game. We've seen it across Super Super Rugby um, and certainly throughout the under-20s in Georgia. Relates to the penalty try. 
Now a penalty try is seven points straight out and there'll be no conversion. Fairly straightforward, non-controversial point. Um, let's see how we go there. The next one, Law 15, is about the tackle. And this is where things are going to get interesting, I think, for many of us. So for this particular one, this is about the tackler. The tackler must get up before playing the ball and then can only do so from their side of the gate. Up to, in the last few years, we've allowed the tackler, who's made a tackle, done all the right things, got to his feet, fulfilled or her feet fulfilled their obligations in law what we used to say was because they've done everything right they were then they could then attack the ball and pick the ball up from any direction under this law variation we're saying they must come back through the side through the side of their own gate um, i think we all understand what the gate looks like so the width of the tackle they need to come from their own side through that gate rather than from where they may have ended up as a result of the tackle so that's um, law, law 15 the next one is about is amending ruck law, uh, and this is one that I think will take some time for many of us to get used to. Um, it changes the definition of when a law, what a, a ruck is, um, and what the the law amendment now says in law 16 is that a ruck starts when at least one player is on their feet and over the ball, which is on the bra- on the ground, the tackle player and the tackler. At that point, the offside line is created. We don't have to wait for one of each player to be on their feet. What we're saying now and what the law variation says is that a player on their feet may use their hands to pick up the ball as long as that is immediate, but as soon as an opposition player arrives, then no hands can be used. So it's really that first point about is there a tackle, is there a man on their feet, um, and those are the things that we're looking for. At which point, if you have both of those two things, then we're saying the offside line has been created. There will be some debate over the next couple of weeks I think as this law is discussed and the practicalities of it um, over which player on their feet is that is that counted is it an attacking player or is it a defending player does it matter I think you'll have to keep a close ear on um, what may come out of of Dublin and through your own societies um, and federations and unions over the next couple of days so that one might need some some extra clarity but let's see where we go what we're saying is that from a clear out perspective that's not a ruck it's a it's driving through and that's still um, just as okay this season as it was last time so let's just make sure what we're doing is we're looking at the tackle have we got a tackle and is there someone on their feet? If we've got both of those two things, then we have an offside line, um, and then we manage it accordingly. What we may have to do is think about the terminology that we're using there. Um, in the past, we may have called ruck. In the past, we may have called tackle only. Those sorts of terminologies are one I think we're going to have to think about very closely um, as we start the new season. On to the next one. Um, Law 16, we're still there, and this is about other ruck offences. And now for the for the period of this trial a player must not kick the ball out of a ruck every referee out there listening to this podcast knows that they have seen a ruck happen a player has gone in there to disrupt it they're on their feet they're allowed to ruck the ball um, and in the past we've deemed that in uh, part of that movement is using their feet t- to make contact with the ball what we're saying now is that they must not kick the ball out of a ruck they can only then hook the ball um, in a backwards motion so a ruck if we if we think about what we would have accepted as rucking a player it would have been a backwards motion the same thing is now brought in um, for the, so the consistent measure 
with the ruck and with the ball so we're, we're kind of aligning those things with 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 um how we've refereed the ruck before so that law trial in law 16 says a player must not kick the ball out of a ruck and the sanction will be a penalty kick the next one is about the mark so a definition of, of mark in law 18 um, and that says for the, for, for the amendment um, is to make a, a mark a player must have one or both feet on or behind that player's 22 metre line and catch the ball that has reached the plane of the 22 metre line so in the past what we may have done is allowed a jumper um, a let's call it a fallback for the sake of argument um, a fallback to, to leap from the 22 catch the ball in the air land outside the 22 and um, what we're saying now and this is consistent with some of the other laws that we'll talk about in a minute um, is that the ball has to get past has re- has to reach the 22 meter line vertically and therefore the player calling a mark again has to have one foot on or behind it so it's bringing that consistency in with the other areas of the game so the mark has to be the ball has to be in the 22 for sure um, when you call a mark on to Law 19, we've seen this over the summer, this isn't new for, from August, but it is new since since the start of the year, um, and over the summer in the, in the Northern Hemisphere, is about the line of touch, so it's Law 19 and touch definitions, um, and this there are some really good videos there that, that helped to, um, to bring this one to life, but what we're saying now is that if the ball has passed the plane of touch when it's caught, then the catcher has not deemed to have taken the ball into touch. So again, like the the mark definition, this is about touch, and the next one will be about touching goal. But has the ball actually crossed the plane of touch? And then the depending then it depends on whether it has or it hasn't as to who then puts it into touch. That's the first one. And um, if the ball has not passed the plane of touch when it's caught, then the catcher is deemed to have taken the ball into touch, regardless of whether the ball was in motion or stationary. So that's one in the past we used to look at was the ball moving and therefore that impacts whether it was put into touch by the defender um, or put into touch by the attacker. That now goes for the, for the next year. So it's just, again, has the ball pl- passed the plane of touch or has it not? Um, and, and if a player jumps and knocks the ball back into the playing area um, before landing in touch or touching in goal, play continues regardless of whether the ball actually reaches it. So one to have a, a closer look at and look at the videos there. Law 19 goes on about um, no gaining ground. Again, it's about has the ball plus the plane of touch. Um, and it's about whether it's it's caught um, and then there's a gaining ground for the line out. So let's read it. Um, if a player with one or both feet on or behind the 22 metre line picks up the ball which was outside the 22 or catches the ball in front of the 22 metre line and kicks it directly into touch from within the 22 then that player has deemed to have taken the ball back inside so they get no gaining ground. So I think let's have a, have a look at the law, think about what it means, picture it, um, and then we can um, see how that one goes as well. Law 20, numerically, we'll go on to, to, to the scrum. Um, up to In the last few years, since we've changed the um, crouch bind set protocol for engagement, the next part of that has been to signal to the scrum half that they can put the ball in. Now that signal goes. We don't have to now tell the nine um, or pat the nine or give them a sign that they can put the ball in. It's now up to them to put it in. But the ball, the scrum must still be stable and there must be no delay once that ball is presented. So those all, all, those all elements of managing that scrum engagement still exist. But now we don't have to um, signal to the nine or the putter in that they can go. It's up to them. 
where they do that, again, we're reinforcing the point that the ball should be put into the scrum straight. And I can hear sniggering um, from you in some cases or raised eyebrows for others. Um, that law hasn't changed. It's still there. Um, but what we're going to do in this just trial over the next 12 months is to allow the scrum half to be off center. So as long as their shoulder is in the middle of the scrum, that's okay. Again, they must throw the ball in straight. And we'll come into a, a, a reason why, and, a, and we'll come back to a rationale as to why that becomes important in a moment. But we're going to allow the scrum half to stand with a shoulder width towards their own side of the middle line. Again, there's some good videos to look at. I referred to something else there. It's about striking for the ball in a scrum. We've all seen scrums lately where there is no hook for the ball. So therefore, how does the ball go back? It either relies on the, the scrum to, to push over the ball um, or frankly for the, the scrum half to put the ball in not straight this law variation law 20 mandates that there must be a strike for the ball with either foot and it must be at least one player from the team who puts the ball in that must strike for the ball it doesn't say hooker um, so it can be that a prop can do that um, um, of, of either side but there must be a strike by one front row player of the ball of putting the ball in um, to avoid a free kick sanction so what it says is once the ball touches the ground in the tunnel any front row player may use either foot to try and win possession of the ball um, one player from the team who put the ball in must strike for the ball so it's the defending side the non-putting inside doesn't have to um, but one player from the ball striking does but with the ball going down the middle there must be a strike we might start to see some um, competition by hookers um, once again the next one relates to handling the ball in the scrum, um, and this is specifically um, discussing the number eight's responsibilities and, and what they're allowed to do. Um, I think at grassroots level we very rarely penalise this, but there has been a move, um, particularly at the top end of the game, where the number eights have gone reaching deep into their second rows or even to the front row to pick the ball out. Um, that in the past would have been a, a penalty sanction um, the law change on 20.9b is now allowing the number 8 to pick the ball up from the feet of the second rows they're not allowed to change channel in order to do that um, sorry, they're, they're allowed to change channel to pick the ball up but they're not allowed to change channel once the ball um, is in place so it's an interesting definition there but the number 8 will be allowed to reach into the scrum um, into the feet of the second rows to pick the ball up and that's the, that one so the last two both relates to the defending player in goal and again goes back to um, where has the ball actually crossed the line so this is about um, has a defending player who's going back to reach that kick through has the ball reached dead ball touching goal um, and then who makes it dead so what it says um on, on this one is if a player with one or both feet on or behind the goal line picks the ball up from within the field of play or catches the ball in front of the goal line that player has taken possession of the ball in the field of play um, so therefore is it uh, might it be a 5 metre um, scrum or might it be a 22 um, and then um, the next and final part relates to the dead ball line similar terminology but if a player with one or both feet on or behind the dead ball line picks up or catches a ball that has not reached the dead ball line or touching goal line that player is deemed to have made the ball dead so where we've seen in the past um, a, a clever fallback putting his foot beyond um, the dead ball line to make 
to to show the referee that they the ball was dead that will no longer be the case the ball has to get there so we're saying we won't have that issue now with players sort of straddling a um, a, de- a touching goal line or a dead ball line um, to determine whether a ball has been made dead so that is a, a canter through the global law trials well, what we're going to do here at rugbyreferee.net um, is we'll run a webinar where we'll walk through these we'll show the videos that are being done and hopefully that will be a good resource for you um, have a good think about Um, For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, um, spend the next couple of weeks thinking about those laws. Think about how you've seen it, some of them implemented in in the Lions and the Summer International Series. Um, If you can get hold of any footage from the World Under 20 tournament that was held in Georgia over the summer, all these trials were, were, were tested there, so you might be able to see some footage there. And think about how you're going to then communicate these new laws um, when it comes to the season start. What words and phrases are you going to need to think about using, particularly around the tackle ruck issue um, and the line of touch issue? So think about what words and phrases you're going to use um, and then make sure that during as the law trials are um, embedding, there will be opportunities for you to feedback We'll advertise those through both this podcast, the Advantage Over podcast, um, or through the rugbyreferee.web, um, the rugbyreferee.net website to make sure that um, you have your say on how you think the game is going um, as you're refereeing. Is it easy to referee? Does it cause more problems than it's um, thought it might do? Um, and that is that, again, as I said right at the beginning of this section, that they're trials. It's about how the whole game implements them, um, and we have an opportunity to feed that back to World Rugby at various points over the next 12 months and beyond. So, I hope that's been a, a useful canter through. Um, please let us know at um, on the website or through any of our social media channels your thoughts on any of those. We'd love to hear from you through the season um, as to how you think the, the trials are being implemented, how you're refereeing them, whether you're having to do things differently, what the benefits are, what the disadvantages are and we want to have this conversation with you hopefully we'll be able to bring in some experts from both world rugby and and from the unions as we go through these trials to to sort of talk about it Um, and we'd love to hear from you as well if you'd like to um, give us um, a couple of minutes audio about how you think the trials are going um, please let us know there's a page on the rugbyreferee.net website you can contact ref at rugbyreferee.net or ref at advantageoverpodcast.com to let us know um, your thoughts on that so please do let us know Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from rugbyreferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, We'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, about this podcast. This is the only Rugby Referee podcast out there, um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time. We'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments, so please let us have them. Um, You can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.com net website um, or through twitter at rugby referee net which is the same handle you'll find on instagram as well we're in all those places so please do let us know what you think let us know what you want um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future so for now that is 
advantage over.